0: just again at the back, there's some leaflets there. Uh, And the the one flyer there has the dates for the January and the February. Um, It's worth noticing um, on that, that the uh, from January, we've split the Friday night and the Saturday morning onto two different weekends, because it's quite a lot for, you know, all in one week, I don't mind it on one weekend. But also, at the moment, it's obviously every four weeks, but what I'm doing in January is we've got the, I think it's actually the Saturday morning first, the Saturday morning on the one weekend here, and then the Friday night is at the Church of England, St. Paul's, but it's two weeks afterwards. So it's actually, they end up coming a bit more regularly every two weeks, but it's Friday night, Saturday morning, Friday night. So we'll see how that works. Maybe everyone wants them all on the same weekend. I don't mind either. But... Um, but the dates and the address is there. So just note that the Friday one is at a different location, yeah? Okay. So if everyone turns up here yeah. <laughs> on that Friday. But we'll have the Saturday morning anyway before that so we can remind you. Right, let's go. Actually, let's, let's open in prayer. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we, we want to we hear what your word has to say. We want to hear from you. We want to receive from you, Father God. We're not just here to hear the wisdom of man. So Father God, I ask that you'll give me utterance and lead me and guide me as I speak. And I thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace to teach the word and to to flow with what you once said. And Lord God, we yield to that. And I thank you that you give uh, every person listening wisdom and revelation from your word and understanding from your word. And uh, we receive that. We open our hearts I thank you that the Holy Spirit is the teacher, and he is quickening and enlightening this into the heart of every person here, and every person listening to the, to, to the teachings, even online, in the name of Jesus, amen, amen. 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 Let's go, let's go to uh, Acts chapter 6, actually, this is where I was last night, and we're going to start in the same place, even though we'll, we'll take it a slightly different direction, but let me just uh, m- remind you of one or two things from last night. Acts chapter six covers a man called Stephen yeah. and um, last night I talked about the fact well who is Stephen anyway who is this guy yeah. uh, is he the great is he a great apostle did he write bo- books in the New Testament Now people say oh well he's the first martyr well yes you know but I don't believe that's the only reason he's he gets three chapters of the book of Acts um, He's, you know, considering Acts focuses on people like Paul and Peter and James, and then suddenly you get three whole chapters dedicated to, who are you? <laughs> kind of thing. Where would you come from? Stephen. And the, and the Bible just says Stephen, a man. doesn't say the prophet Stephen, the, the evangelist, the apostle. No great title given to him. And people say, well, he must have been a preacher. He preached one sermon. I know lots of people who've preached one sermon and not a preacher. Okay? Just because he preached once, just before they stoned him. And it was more evangelistic anyway. It was out on the streets or whatever. But uh, this doesn't make him a full-time preacher. He was a helps minister. And yet notice, notice what happens in verse 8. It says, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people." Can those kind of things flow through just a layperson, anybody? Do you have to be a preacher or have a great calling to be an apostle or prophet to have those kind of things happen through you? No, you don't. See, this is what the enemies wanted us to believe. It's only just for some. And and, and as a result, the masses have been held back from the Spirit of God flowing through them. And 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 we haven't stepped into, and we haven't seen the full potential. As a result, we've seen some good things, but many people have developed the mentality, and and it's 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 because this mentality is almost a lot of the time still being pushed at them. That if you need a miracle, you need God to move in your life. Then you need some specially anointed great minister to get it for you. So you've got to find a great service where there's a greater minister now please understand i'm a teacher i'm a full-time minister i don't have a problem with teaching preaching god flowing through the pulpit the anointing we want it in our church services we want anointed ministers in the pulpit yeah? yeah but when you need a miracle and you need god to move in your life you don't there's nothing in the new testament that says the only way to get that is you have to get some great anointed minister to pray for you right. in fact the the teaching in the New Testament, particularly in the in, in the in, in the ministry of Jesus, is that we should all know how to get this from God ourselves in our own interaction with Him, and and and, and that includes even the miraculous. Now, we've talked a lot in the last few weekends because I've been on this theme of the miraculous and the power of God for a few weeks, few a few sessions. We've talked a lot about the potential of miracles, and, and remember, I, I mean, I, I just. Couple of even if you missed those, it's okay. Are described and just talked about opening our eyes to the power of the, some of these miracles. Sometimes we just read them and we don't really think what's happened. Turning water into wine—that's changing the chemical structure of things. Jesus ascending up into heaven. I mean, how'd you like to see things like that happen? Someone just right in front of you just starts to lift up into the sky. Doesn't have a jetpack on. That's Holy Spirit power doing that one. Or on the or right after Jesus ascended. It says two men stood by them. How'd you like to just be talking here and suddenly there's two extra guys? Just where'd they come from? They didn't come in the back door, they just suddenly appear there on the front seat. And this is normal in the Bible, it's normal in the in, in the book of Acts, and yet it's it's so foreign to most of us. This is normal Christianity. Amen. And anyway, I don't want to go through all of that, but but we've try, I've tried to stir up our expectations, stir up our our confidence that these kind of things should happen. But I want to start focusing a little bit more in these kind of things happening in your life today. And 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 what we need to see is that Stephen, who was he anyway? He's just another guy. He's you and me. He gets three chapters of the book of Acts, not because he's an apostle or prophet, he, he, he was he, he was given the role of waiting on the tables, helps ministry, but, and I'm not going to go into last night's message, it's available if you want to listen, if you missed it, but he got himself full, full of some things, we focused a bit on that, full of faith, full of the Spirit, yep full of wisdom, full of the Word of God. You see, you can't be full of faith without being full of the Word of God. Faith's not just something you work up and, and decide, I'm in faith now. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. Your, your faith level is directly connected to your word level. There's a lot of people have no word in their life, and they're trying to step out in faith that they've just worked up. And then they wonder why it doesn't work. Faith is directly connected to the word of God in your life. If you want a, a, a strong faith, you've got to have strong word level. Yeah. This is why many people are falling. They think faith is just something you work up. You wake up in the morning, oh, I'm in faith for something. No, no foundation of the word of God in it. But that's, that's another teaching anyway. So how did, how did Stephen get full of faith? Well, he would have been full of the word of God in his life. And it says, what does it say? He was full of full of faith and power in the verse. The verse we just read, or one of the other verses. I think it's verse five says, full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Well, power and the Holy Spirit. That's, that's, that, those go together. Faith and the Word go together, and power and the Holy Spirit go together. What was this man full of? The Word and the Spirit. Faith and power, however you want to word it, it's the same concept. He wasn't just a man of the Spirit, he was also a man of the Word and a man of faith. Do you think that had anything to do with, what does it say? Great. Verse 8, Stephen did did, did, did a few minor things, No, no, he did great signs and wonders. Now, some people say, well, you know, yes, you know, the, the Lord divinely chooses some people to do these things. No, no, you're missing the plot. You're adding things into the scriptures. What are the factors that the Bible connects to his life, to these things happening? Full of faith and power. Faith and power. Did God just did God just decide he was going to be full of faith and power? No, you can't invent things as you go. You've got to base it on the word of God. How does someone get full? The Bible says those who hunger, we looked at it last night, and thirst will be filled. Yeah. How did Stephen get filled? Did he just wake up one morning and God said, Stephen, I'm going to do things for you. I'm going to fill you up. Got no, you play no role in the matter. See, there's a lot of people that they, they, they want the things, the, these things to manifest, but they just think it's all up to God. They don't see the role we play. Now, the Bible's trying to point us at some things. But we have been conditioned in our minds to just think, just leave it all up to the Lord. And you play no role. If God wants to do miracles through you, he'll just do it. You play no role. We've been conditioned into this. You see, that, 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 a lot of times people are just dependent upon the spirit moving. God just doing it. Yes. But what did, what did Stephen have? He had, the, he had two factors. Did he just have the spirit? The word which produced in him? Faith. Faith. Was that a factor in God using him? Well, let's look into the word of God. Let's see some things. Now, some people have struggled to get a hold of some things about faith in terms of receiving healing in their bodies. Wait until you start talking about faith in terms of walking on water. We've struggled to, 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 to believe my faith plays a role in my healing. I, you look in the New Testament, you'll find faith played a, a much bigger role even in the miraculous. Now, we need to see this. There's some things God wants us to step into. And we're going to, I'm going to look at some familiar passages this morning, but also challenge our thinking maybe in some simple things, but we need our eyes opened. Is it all just dependence upon the Holy Spirit deciding when, where, and how, and He's just going to do it, and we play no role? This is what we've been led to believe, and this is what I talked about a bit bit about last night. You see, I believe that God wants to move by the Word and the Spirit in our generation, not just by the Spirit. We've been very familiar with just God moving by the Spirit, even when we're in unbelief, even when we don't want to really listen to His Word. But God is wanting to raise up a generation who knows how to walk in cooperation with Him in His Word. And you will find out when we walk in cooperation with Him, with faith in His Word, we will step into a greater manifestation of the Spirit of God. He's shown us what's possible, but He also puts in His Word and presents to us that faith plays a role in this. And I covered this last night. But David did not just sit on the edge of the battlefield saying, Lord, we'll just trust you to do it. by your, You want to knock the giant down, Lord, you go knock, knock, knock the giant down. Did David play a role in whether that happened or not? Did he run toward the giant? Or did he sit, on, sit passively on the side just saying, well, we're just trusting the Lord to do it See, many people are sitting passively on the side and they're calling that faith. That's not Bible faith, that's man-made faith. Bible faith goes in and takes. It doesn't passively sit by. But, but not just because you wake up one morning and work yourself up and think, I'm just going to take it. It's because you've built into your foundation of the word that produces that faith and you act upon that. See, many people have never built that foundation of the word. And then they try to storm in and nothing happens. That's another whole teaching entirely. <laughs> okay? But you've got to build the Word of God in you. The Word of God imparts and produces faith in your life. If you want the kind of faith that produces this kind of results, you've got to get full of the Word. And that's more than just listening one, once a week on a Sunday morning. Amen? So what, what was Stephen full of? Faith and power, two things. The Word and the Spirit. That's right. He's an example of what God wants in our generation. What did he step into because of that? Great signs and wonders. Great so We've been led to believe that's just for the apostles, or that was just for some people. Yeah. That's a lie. That's the enemy who wants you to believe that. Let's, let, let's, let's, uh, we've got to jump around a little bit. Is that all right? Look at a few familiar passages. In fact, let's, go, let's, let's first go to Matthew 14. just want to point at some some familiar passages, but just highlight a couple of things about them. Because it is important that we, we see this, and get this, and understand this, and function in this according to how the Word shows it. See, too often, people have added in man's wisdom into their interpretation of Scripture. And they've adjusted things that the Word says and shows. Now, do you realize this faith comes by hearing the word or, or the kind of faith that produces bible results comes by hearing the word it does not come by hearing man's wisdom about the word and man's views and man's interpretations about the word if you're hearing man's adjusted views of the word that's not going to produce bible faith that's why Paul said in Corinthians, when I came to you, I came in demonstration of the spirit of power, but he also said, I did not come preaching man's wisdom. I came, what, does anyone know? But then he says that your faith should not be, faith should not be in the wisdom of man. Yeah. But, he goes on, in the power of God. Yes, we want we want. We want our faith in the power of God, faith in what God can do, but if your faith is rooted in what man says about the Word that is not in line with the Word, that's not going to produce any results in your love. If you're hearing adjusted versions of the Word where, where, where it's adjusted, when you read things, oh, well, it's not like that. It's not always like that. That's not the Word. That's man's wisdom, and it's adjusting it. That's not going to impart faith into your heart that's going to produce results. That's going to talk you out some things. Anyway, that's, another, that's also another teaching. But it's good. We'll give you little snippets of different teaching. If we want Bible faith produced in our life, you know what you want? Pure word taught without man's wisdom adjusting it. Man's wisdom will contaminate. Contaminate. If you're putting your faith in man's adjusted versions of the word trying to talk you out, trying to adjust scriptures. Yes, they might be quoting scriptures, but if the way they're interpreting it adjusts the word and tries to talk you out of the word, that's, that, that's going to do what Paul says, where Paul said that your faith should not be in the wisdom of man. You're going to end up with the opposite. You're going to have your faith in the wisdom of man. Now, does the Bible say faith based in the wisdom of man will produce the power of God in your life? No you faith's in the wrong thing it's what people say about the bible rather than in the word itself and what the word actually says you end up with a substitute lower quality version of faith that doesn't produce bible results i don't want that anyway let's get to this matthew 14 matthew 14 verse 22 this is uh this is uh, again a familiar passage this is when Peter, Jesus first, and then Peter walks on the water. Is that a miracle? Yeah, that's a manifestation of power. <laughs> that's that's a pretty impressive one as well. Like I said to you, some people are still trying to... You know, and, and I don't say this condemningly. We're all where we're at. But I am saying this to try and highlight something. Some people are still trying to learn how to... God to learn how to believe God to heal them of a headache. And we've been stuck at that level for, I don't know, how many decades. Don't you think it's a bit time we get to the kind of level where these kind of things are happening? And there's still people trying to talk us out of believing God even to heal us of a headache, (laughs) filtering it in with the wisdom of man. See, the enemy doesn't want us to rise up to this kind of level. He wants to keep us on that level of, of, of just struggling to get a few minor things manifesting in our lives. But God's trying to take us up to a higher place. So this, this is the miraculous. Walking on water. Anyone done that recently? <laughs> it's been a bit wet to walk on the water. <laughs> but you see, we, we, we look at these things in the Bible almost as if it's foreign, it's distant, that's just for them. Why do you think God put it in His Word? These things are, are there as examples, and they teach us some principles. Okay? Matthew 14, verse 22. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boats and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he sent, had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening had come, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. You know, just casually like you do. <laughs> and, and when the disciples saw, it, saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. I'm pretty sure you'd probably be troubled too. If you're in a boat in the middle of the night, you see a figure walking across the sea. <laughs> The first thought going through most people's mind would oh, it's Jesus. That would not be the first thought going through most people's mind. (coughs) Especially fishermen who probably heard a lot of superstitious stories. You know, fishermen tend to have all the superstitious stories. So, yeah, I can understand (laughs) their initial reaction. They were troubled, saying it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. And immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It's I. I'm pretty sure that's not who they expected it to be. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him and said, sorry, who spoke up? Note this. Capture what I'm about to say. Does it say Jesus said to Peter, God wants to do a miracle through your life? Who who started what what happened next? Now, we've read this, but we we really haven't seen this. Oh, well, if a miracle's going to happen, you know, it's all got to be initiated by the Lord. It's when the Spirit wants to do it. This is not just a healing. This is walking on water stuff. Jesus is doing his bit. That's fine. We're not given a lot of detail about that, just the fact that he did it. But Peter's part. Where does it start? When he's in the boat with him asking. Yeah. He he asked. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. He just told Jesus what to do. How dare you be so cheeky in your prayers? If that was most ministers these days, they would have told Peter off. Peter, you're a little bit excited there. Just go sit down, calm down. If Jesus was most preachers these days, he would have said, oh, Peter, you can't tell me what to do. If it's you, command me to come out. You haven't, we've not grasped this. What happened next, yes he did, but what happened, sorry I, that came across as a question because I paused. What happened next was connected to the fact that Peter initiated some things. If it's you, command me to come out on the boat. Sorry, command me to come to you on the water. And what did Jesus say? Verse 29. So, so he, Jesus, said to him, Peter, have you not been listening? You can't just ask for these things. You've got to wait for the Spirit to initiate it. No. Is that what we get taught? Is that what the impression we get left these days? Is that impression that we get left with these days in line with what Jesus presented—wisdom of man or word of God? Did Jesus say to Peter, "Peter, you need to wait for the Spirit of the Lord to, to, to do these kind of things. You 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 just got you you mustn't get too excited and ask for it. When God wants to do it, He will do it." Is that what is that what is that what happened in, with David and Goliath? Did David just get up and say, come on, let's get this done? Which kind of people does God do we see in the Bible God ma- manifesting and moving through? The one sitting on the crowd on the sidelines, panicking about the giant, or the one who says, let's get on and do something about the giant? But every time someone jumps up and says, let's do something about the giant, they get 90% of the church world criticize them. Every time someone wants to jump out of the boat, everyone starts telling them what they can't do and why they can't do it. And they need to wait for the Spirit of the Lord. And they need to this, that, and the other. But what's presented to us in scripture are the ones that step out. And the ones that have the courage to ask God. Now, someone says, what happens if you get out of the boat and sink? Well, first off, that's your doubt and unbelief talking, and it's why you don't get out of the boat. But the other thing is this. What happens if you get out of the boat and sink? You swim back and you try again. There's your answer. Yeah. What, happens you, what happens if you get it wrong? We're afraid of missing it and getting it wrong, so we just never step out. And that... It's holding a lot of people back. But what if I miss it? Well, then you learn. <laughs> I, I know this kind of preaching is not popular with a lot of people. But most people will never step out because they're afraid of missing it. Well, if you... Well, okay. Yes, build in you the foundation of the word. Build the Don't just step out with no word foundation. I've already said that into this message. Okay. But have the courage to expect God to do some things in your life and ask him for some things. This is a pretty extreme thing Peter's asking Jesus here. He's like, well, it, that was Peter, and he had Jesus right in front of him. There's, 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 your, there's your thinking that's holding you back as well. Because did not Jesus say, I'm going to go and I'll give you the Holy Spirit, and it's better for you that you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. We think we got to wait. Well, you know, Jesus isn't racha. We can't have these kind of things. What do you think he gave you? Who do you think he gave you when he put the Holy Spirit on the inside of you? Is, is it, which is better according to Jesus, having Jesus standing right in front of you or having the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you? So stop all this, yes, but that was Jesus. Because I'm going to turn around and say, yes, but you've got the Holy Spirit what did jesus say will happen when you got the holy spirit on the inside of you you shall receive power you shall receive goose pimples and nice feelings no power what what's that power all about that that's miraculous power he's put on the inside of you do you think he put it inside of you because he just ran out of room to store it in heaven Or do you think he put it in there for a reason? That power and that Holy Spirit on the inside of you, combine that with word-based faith built on a foundation of the Word of God, and you've got another Stephen. Yeah. So it's important. We've got, to, we've got to learn how to have the Holy Spirit functioning in our lives, but we've also got to learn how, the faith side of it. What happened here? Did, G- did Jesus tell Peter off? Did he say, no, 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 Peter, you can't do this kind of thing? Did, did Jesus say to Peter, because I'm Jesus, I know everything. I know you're going to step out of the boat and you sink. you're sink. you going to sink, Peter, because you're missing it. So I'm just not going to let you step out in the first place. No. He let him step out, didn't he? I'd rather have some people who step out of the boat and sink, and you've got to help them back into the boat and instruct them, than people who just never get out of the boat in the first place. It's a lot harder to work with that crowd. Amen? But if your fear of missing it is holding you back, you're just never going to step out. But yes, yeah, so like I said, don't, don't, you don't just work faith up and just wake up one morning and say, I'm going to just step out, and there's no foundation. Build the Word, and the Word will build this kind of faith on the inside of you. You understand what I'm saying here? Okay? But Jesus did not say, "No, no, Peter, you can't make these things happen. You can't ask for these things. How dare you ask for these kind of things? That's expecting too much. Peter, it's up to the Lord if he wants to do these kind of things. That's what we're taught. That's the impression a lot of people leave it. It's just all up to the Lord. And the moment someone gets bold enough and courageous enough to start saying, let's, let's ask God and expect for these kind of things, everybody tries to talk them out of it. That's not, that's not a healthy environment in the body of Christ. <laughs> we should be learning how to get our faith functioning, not trying to talk everybody out of it every time they try to step out. So, Did God respond to the one who wanted to get out the boat and do some things? Or did God say, No, I'm going to show you that you've got to just wait for my sovereignty, Peter? You can't just make these, you can't just be the kind of person expect to step out and have me show up. Did God honor the David who stepped out? you see do you see something here do you think God likes people who want to step out and who want to do something then why do we keep talking people out of it in the church every time someone wants to be like God's looking for those kind of qualities that yes you want the foundation of the word I keep saying that and you understand that but don't use that as an excuse To never ever get to a place where you're going to have the courage to say, God, I'm expecting. I'm, I'm, I want to get to that place. Get a vision at least of getting there, and step out and trust God in some areas to start stepping out and stretch your faith and put your faith on some things that are out there a little bit. Verse thirty. Is this all right? Verse thirty. But when when he saw now, okay. Um, we didn't read verse twenty nine and he said, "Come, and when Peter had come down out of the boat, what happened? He actually walked on the water. Now let me remind you, was this all just divinely appointed by God, or did Peter play a role? Yes, of course, there was a move of the spirit happening because Jesus was walking on the water. But whether that move of the Spirit happened in Peter's life started with him. Did the ones sitting in the boat get it? Did God just float them out the boat and make them walk on the water because it's all a divine move of the Spirit? No, they got nothing. A lot of people are just waiting in the boat, just waiting for God to move, not having the courage to ever ask and start saying, God, I'm going to start expecting and trusting you for some bigger things. And every time someone starts trusting for some bigger things, everybody tries to talk them out of it. This is not the mentality of Scripture. We're not told in this passage, we're not highlighted the ones who stayed in the boat as being the ones to follow. We're given an example of someone who wanted to get out the boat and wanted to walk in something bigger. That's a pretty impressive request. He could have just said to Jesus, Lord, if that's you, come a little bit closer so we can see it's you. I mean, he could have done that, couldn't he? (laughs) Or Lord, if it's you, tell me something about me that no one would know but you. (laughs) But he takes the most extreme request he possibly can. I mean, he could at least say, Lord, if that's you, get in the boat and we'll have a conversation. And then I'll touch you and I'll know it's you. (laughs) But he says, if it's you, I want to be out there with you. I want the miracle to happen in my life too. That's a pretty extreme request. Let's 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 go somewhere else. In fact, let's go to Mark eleven. Oh no, 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 we didn't finish there. Have you all moved away? I never quite finished in, in Matthew 14. Because I've got preaching about verse 29. You might if you've moved away or if you want to go back, Matthew 14, verse 30. Now what happened? He steps out, he walks on the water. But I I really want you to see who started this, who initiated this. Where did the request come from? And did God honor his request? If he didn't have the boldness to ask for something big, would he have gotten something big? This is what I want you to see. People are, oh, no, no, you can't ask God for that. Oh, that's too, see, we've been shut down right on the asking. Oh, no, 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 oh, that's too much. You, oh, you, you can't, oh, you, that's too much to ask. You shouldn't be asking things like that. If God wants to do it that big, he'll just do it that big. Is he looking for the ones who are going to ask him for it to do it that big and then move through those ones? Do you see this, what I'm saying about Peter? Now let's keep going on, verse 30. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. Yeah, you know, there it goes, right there. He, be, he did sink, yeah? Beginning to sink. At least he got out the boat. Beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. Verse 31, and, G- and, we, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hand, caught him, and said to him, "Are oh, you of? Have- What's the rest of it? Did his doubt have anything to do with that shutting down? That's his role. Was this all just a move of the Spirit? This is a miracle. This is walking on water. Like I said, we've struggled to get faith to get healed of a headache. But we've still got the mentality in the realm of the miraculous... It's all up to whether a divine move of the spirit and i play no role. Yes, the spirit is involved and there is a move of the spirit, but faith, God wants faith to combine with the move of the spirit. And faith is your role and faith is your asking and you having the courage to step out and believe that the spirit of God in you can manifest in some areas. This is the bit the enemy is trying to stop us doing. He doesn't want Christians to have this kind of courage. But when you look in the Bible, did Jesus rebuke that kind of courage? Now, he rebuked the doubt and then the unbelief. But his doubt and his little faith played a role did his faith have anything to do with that miracle or was it all just a divine move of the Spirit if you listen to a lot of preachers they'll just tell you it's got nothing to do with us it's all up to God how many, how many of you how many of you to, want, want to be able to develop your faith for these kind of things you can well see as the word is preached as you begin to as you see it in the word the word produces faith not just my words but as you begin to look into these scriptures and you begin to realize and this is why sometimes you need to hear scriptures even we're familiar with this is a familiar passage but i want you to see the role peter played don't don't sit there and just oh well that was peter right there you're talking yourself out of it god put this in the word To show us the role Peter played it wasn't just a divine move of the Spirit all of it this was a combination of a move of the Spirit happening through Jesus and the faith of the man who got the miracle Peter it's what God wants in this generation the Word and the Spirit now let's go to Mark 11 I believe God, God, God is wanting to raise up a church and believers that will start getting into this level. But we've got too many people who are still at the stage where they think, well, you know, yes, you can ask God for healing, but if anything bigger, anything miraculous, it's all up to the Lord. We need to start seeing what God's been trying to teach us about faith goes beyond just getting headache healed. And the Bible connects it into some bigger things. Mark 11, verse 12. Now, the next day, when they'd come out of Bethany, he was hungry. This is Jesus, yeah? And and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. Now, I'm sure we've heard this passage, but... Don't ever close yourself off to a passage because of familiarity. You can see new things. Things can be stirred afresh to you out of passages. Came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. What did Jesus do to the fig tree? Well, he. how was it? The curse was verbal, yeah? He said to it, <coughs> verse 20, now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. That's a pretty quick change. That's a pretty quick, and this was in the natural realm, yes? This is something. Cha- this, this is a manifestation of the miraculous. This isn't just a healing taking place yeah. And, and again, please understand, I'm not putting down healing. I, I believe we need more of the manifestation of healing. I believe God wants to touch bodies, heal heal things. Things can disappear in bodies. Do you, do you understand? Even though I keep saying this is not just healing, I'm not against healing. I believe God wants to do those things. But I also believe He wants. He, a lot of these things go into go go further than that. Give me one second. While I was talking there, I touched my notes and I lost the verse. Okay, verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Now, how many of you, how many of you believe... Jesus wanted his disciples to understand how things worked and how how God moved and what was involved in getting God to move and whether it was all just a divine move of the Spirit. Je- Jesus was training these people. Do you think he, he, he's going to train them properly? Or do you think Jesus was a bad mentor who really didn't know what he was talking about? And maybe, maybe he said some things that 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 were a little bit extreme that need us to fix them. <laughs> I don't believe Jesus said things too extreme and that he needs us to fix them, do you? In, in response to a fig tree, that this is speaking to a fig tree, that fig tree obeyed. Now people would look at that and say, oh, God just chose to do that. This is just a divine move of God, isn't it? It was all up to the Lord. That's what most people would have you say today. Would, would believe or would say, would believe about it now. In response to what Jesus has done, what did let's go through it again. What did Jesus do? Spoke to an actual fig tree in the actual real natural realm. This is not a figurative fig tree. In fact, where, where is Jesus? I was curious about this, I've always wondered, so I was curious. Go to verse twelve. Where was Jesus? Where did this happen? Bethany, yeah. Now I was like, "Where's Bethany?" <laughs> so I was googling it. It's basically, I think it's 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 an hour or two walk outside of Jerusalem. And often Jesus stayed the nights in Bethany and then would go into Beth would go into Jerusalem. It's because it's very close, and in fact. Bethany, as far as I, I think it's on the east or the, I think it's the east um, bank of the Mount of Olives. So as he speaks this, they are journeying from Bethany or it's somewhere in that journey, but they're by the Mount of Olives. Other, sorry, what are they on? They're on a mount. Yeah? Now, in response to Jesus cursing an actual fig tree, do you know that at this point, Jesus could have instructed his disciples all about how it's all up to the Lord? This would have been a good opportunity to show them what a lot of preachers these days have figured out we need to teach because Jesus forgot to tell us this. Jesus forgot to tell us, you can't make these things, you, can't, you play no role in this, you've got to wait for the Lord, and it's all up to the Lord when he decides. Is that what we get taught these days? This would have been a very good opportunity for Jesus to teach that, wouldn't it? Is that what he did? In response to them observing the miraculous flowing through his life, what does he do? He starts to instruct them about, anyone know? Anyone else know? We haven't read it. In response to this happening, this would have been a very good opportunity for Jesus to talk to them about the Holy Spirit, wouldn't it? And how the Holy Spirit does the miracles, and it's all based upon the anointing, and it's all based upon when God decides. He could have talked to them about the will of God at this point. That would have been a good opportunity. Many preachers would talk to them about the will of the Lord at this point. Well, we had a miracle happen, and it's all up to the will of the Lord. That would have been a very good opportunity for Jesus to do that sermon, wouldn't it? If that's the sermon that was needed. This would have been a very good opportunity for Jesus to say, if this was true... Yes, these things can happen, but it's all up to the Lord when he decides. Could Jesus have said any of those things? Remarkably, he doesn't. Instead, Jesus, who's Jesus, by the way? Does Jesus have any role of importance within the church? kind of <laughs> yeah you know head of the church by any chance anyone thinks he's at the top well what is what does the head of the church mean does that mean that the people beneath him what they say is more important what 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 is it what is it when people beneath the head person in the organization spread different message within the organization to the head person and what the head person's told them to spread. If you're running a business, anyone here ever run their own business? And you give instructions about how you want your business run and you appoint some people to help carry it out and the people you appoint carry it out ignore all your instructions and go and tell all the other employees the direct opposite to what you told them. Would you be impressed as the head of the business? Would you be, oh, just, well, there's nothing I can do. I know I told them to do it this way, but they're doing directly the opposite. They're telling people directly the opposite to what I said. It would be mutiny if that was on a ship. You've got the captain. The, yeah, exactly, good illustration. You're, you're the captain of a ship, and, 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 and the people, you're, you're, you're kind of captains, in, well, I mean, not captains, I don't know, lieutenants or whatever the ranks are under you, you, pass, you say things a particular way, and it's being passed down the opposite to the seamen and, and, and general staff. There's mutiny. And yet to, we tolerate that. We tolerate people changing what Jesus said. Who's the head of the church? Whose word matters more than anyone else's? What did Jesus at this point decide to talk to them about? Did he did he tell did he start to talk to them about how you've just got to wait on the Lord for these things to happen? It's all up to the Lord, it's all up to the move of the Holy Spirit. No. It's all up to the will of God. No. Would have been a good if that's what he wanted us to know, this would have been the ideal opportunity to do it. But instead, he talked to them about faith. Is this relevant? Is it important? Do you think Jesus thinks it's relevant? Do you think Jesus took the manifestation of this miracle as an opportunity to teach his disciples, which it's for all of us, about faith? You see, some people have said, oh, no, well, it's just for that group. People are always looking for a way to talk, talk you out of anything in the Scriptures. Always trying to find a way to tell you why something won't work. Who do you think is behind that message? Who do you think doesn't want believers being the kind of people who step out in faith and see God manifest? Yeah. So Jesus answered, verse 22. What does he talk to them about? Their beliefs and their words. What did he do to that fig tree? Spoke to it. What did he then talk to them about? Well, it's just my divine words as Jesus. Only I can do this. He's just spoken to it, and he just then turns to them and talks to them about. You just got to wait for the Spirit of the Lord to do it when he decides. No. Their words, their believing. Now, I'm not going to go into all this all right now, but I want you to see this part of it. This is connected to the manifestation of a miracle. A fig tree. So Jesus answered verse 22, have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to, whoever says to, I want to hear what your translations say. Whoever says to, okay, so hold on, you you read the um, Pauline? Okay, that's fine. I'm reading New King James as well, so that's fine. Someone else read it for me. Whoever says to, whoever says to this mountain. Okay, no, not not mountain. I'm I'm looking for the words before that. Whoever says to this. Which mountain? Oh, oh brother, it's a figurative mountain he's talking about. Excuse me, where was Jesus at the time he said he gave this lesson? He's just come out of Bethany toward Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives. He's talking about a real mountain. They are on a mountain. The word this, you're pointing at something. What has he just done? A real fig tree. Is he just talking figurative here? No. <gasps> well, I don't. I don't believe that, that 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 you know we could really do that to a mountain. There's your problem, and that's why it'll never happen for you. Right there. <laughs> well, you, a, a mountain? Yeah. You see, this 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 is the thing. We talk ourselves out of it. Does does Jesus? Does he say, I did it to a fig tree, but you guys, listen, wait, you guys, wow, i will tell you something amazing. I'm Jesus. I did it to a fig tree. You can do it to a blade of grass. (laughs) Aren't you guys blessed? Shouldn't you be happy to know that you can do a quarter of what I can do as Jesus, the head of the church? Is that what Jesus said? Does Jesus lessen what he does, or does he expand what he did? Did he want them to believe they could do more than what he did, or less than what he did? Wouldn't it, I mean, wouldn't it, this have would been a great opportunity to say, you know, you guys, you guys, wow, man, you guys can, can, can do it to, to, to a tiny blade of grass. <laughs> what does he do, though? He expands it bigger. What's Jesus trying to do? Is he trying to get us to think bigger? Is Jesus afraid of making his disciples a little bit too extreme who think too big and we don't want to produce people like that because, you know, they're the kind of people who jump out of boats and sink and we don't want that kind of stuff in Christianity. We just want to stay comfortable. (laughs) Is Jesus afraid of expanding their thinking? Or is he trying to limit their thinking? Why are we so afraid of expanding people's thinking? Is that consistent with the head of the church and how he presented it? Did Jesus ever tell people, you'll do less than I did? (laughs) Where's the scripture? Did Jesus ever limit people to to a lower level of what he was walking in? Exactly. That's one of the, the scriptures we may look at still. Is Jesus trying to expand our thinking bigger, or is he trying to restrict our thinking smaller and trying to, oh, no, no, you can't be that bold? Why did he go from a fig tree to a mountain? I mean, seriously, go from a fig tree to an oak tree. You know? (laughs) That's a bit of a jump. Is he wanting us to begin to believe that our faith is, can, can, can operate at a bigger level than even, than even he operated it? But many people are, are, are afraid to preach that in the church. They, they're trying to limit, they're trying to hold people down, they're trying to bring them back. They're trying to rein them in, they're trying to tell them only the guy in the pulpit can do that. Don't you think you can do it? Where in Jesus' teaching does he do that with any of the people he's around? He doesn't. Did Jesus talk, say things like, whosoever? Yeah. Does that sound like he's trying to limit their thinking? Then why are the lieutenants and the captains underneath the head of the church trying to do that? Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like changing the message? Doesn't it sound like not presenting what the head of the church presented? And they'll always tell you why you can't get and why you can't have and why you can't, you know, what well, yes, Jesus said it, but he didn't mean it. Blah blah blah. Yes, God wants to raise up a generation who build a vision of the word of God in their heart about what they can begin to step into. Don't just step out there with no foundation of the Word. Get in the Word. Build this into you. Let the Word of God build faith and impart faith into your heart. Expand your thinking. Expand your vision of what's possible. And begin to realize that our faith plays a role in the miraculous. Are you seeing this? Oh dear. Let's, let's just close here quickly in Matthew 21. Then we'll have a coffee break. Oh dear, he's one of those extreme preachers. <laughs> let's all go on to his, his videos and, and, and attack him now because you can't preach that kind of stuff in the church. You, I'm like, I don't really care. <laughs> I, I don't have a reputation to preserve. So if I lose it, I don't care. I'm just like, I look in the Bible and see how Jesus taught it, and I think, well, he's the head of the church. Can I teach it like that? Is there a problem with me saying it like he said it? Do I need to water it down? Do I need to change it? Do I need to adjust it? Do I need to fix what he didn't say correctly? Or can I just say it like he said it? (laughs) Matthew 21. Can we... What... What is the Word of God supposed to do? We've already said it. Faith comes by hearing the Word. So the Word, is—is have we just read you some Word, Mark 11? Can that Word impart faith into your heart to do what He said to do? Yeah, Yeah, it can, because there's Word of God in there. This is where you need to begin to say, God, me, not just the guy in the pulpit, we're the Stevens. That's you and me. This guy, he had faith, and he was full of the Spirit. He 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 didn't just have a little bit of faith, he was full of it. He filled himself up. He looked into the Word of God. What would have he seen in the Word of God? Well, they didn't have the New Testament written at that time, but, 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 but he would have seen the Davids. He would have seen the Joshua's. He would have seen the people who went and possessed the land. You would have seen the Abrahams. You would have seen the the examples of faith that God highlights and how God moves through people. He filled himself up with the Word. He got filled with the Holy Spirit and lived his life full of the Spirit of God. So he had it was a combination of the Word and the Spirit working in his life and stepped into great signs and wonders through his life. Oh, yes, but that was just... No, stop with all this. That was just Stephen. And begin to say God's put God's put this in the Word of God. Get a vision. Begin to believe. Yeah. Begin to, to let's start taking some of the limitations off, and let's begin to realize what God is trying to do with the End Times Church. Yeah. When God, when, when when God's not just wanting to just flow through one or two. The whole point in the first place of Acts two, I'll pour out my Spirit on all. And faith can be imparted in your heart too. That combination of faith in the word can grow in your life and things can begin to manifest. Amen. Matthew 21. Verse 20. Now, this is the same passage about the fig tree, but I wanted to read Matthew's version because Matthew is wording slightly different. It's the same just, same basic wording doesn't take away from anything, but he does add in a phrase that Mark doesn't. Matthew 21 verse 20. And when his disciples saw it, they marveled saying, how did the fig tree wither away so soon? Verse 21. So Jesus answer, uh, answered and said to them, assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, if you have Did Jesus say, assuredly I say to you, if it be the will of the Lord? Is that what we say? (laughs) Or did Jesus answer and say to them, assuredly I say to you, if the Spirit decides, and if the Spirit... wants, No, what does Jesus highlight? If you... Does he highlight something about them or something about God? I'm not diminishing God's side of it, but God, God can do his side pretty easily. What God's always struggled with is getting a people who do their part in response to the word. Surely I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, now notice this next phrase. What does it say? Someone read it to me. You should
1: not only do what done to That's
0: for but even if you say to this mountain, you take another. Do you see that phrase? You will not only do what was done to the fig tree. Yeah. You Now now try and turn that into a figurative statement, you preacher, you. Oh, the mountain's a figurative mountain. He said, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree. Do you see that? Yeah. <laughs> did Jesus believe that they could do what he did? Did he limit it? Was he trying to get them to believe they could do what he did? And then expand it. You can do greater. Well, you know, the greater works will happen when the Lord... No, 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 there you go again. There's your thinking going all the way wrong way again. The greater works will happen when the Lord decides, when the Spirit... No, 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 you're going the wrong way. What's God waiting for? Is He waiting for when his, He decides that His Spirit is going to move, or is He waiting for a people of faith to rise up? You begin to actually have the courage to believe the Bible like it said, and start to put it into practice, and start to speak it out, and start to believe it. People say, I tried that and it didn't work, so I stopped doing it. No, no, yeah, that's wrong. If you tried it and you fell flat on your face and you got it wrong and it didn't work the first time, what do you do? The Bible says though the righteous fall, you get back up again. Yeah. Just because just because you rode a bicycle once and fell off, does that mean you just, you never rode a bicycle again? Yeah. Just because you had a driving lesson once. <laughs> okay, now if you had a crash on your first driving lesson, you know, I know some people that I had a crash on my first driving lesson, I never tried again. Okay. <laughs> you should still try again, but but maybe drive around the car park first <laughs> but but just just because you know just because it didn't go right on your first three driving lessons doesn't mean you, you stop driving what do you do when you don't get it right in the natural you learn what do you do when you step out and it doesn't work people say well I tried to use my faith for healing and I didn't get healed so I'll I gave up on that faith stuff what do you do when it doesn't work you learn Let's keep back at it, and give up the first time it doesn't work for you. That's just unbelief. Amen. It, anyway, I think we'll we'll stop. There. We're going to have a coffee break, and then we'll go into another session. Is that all right? Amen.